Hey folks, it's Warren. Just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode is one of the longer ones. Because of some of the subject matter that we touch on, this is probably the closest the show has ever come to actually sitting in on a phone call with John and I. So we hope you enjoy it, and we'd love to hear your comments. The following program contains strong language, adult humor, and is meant for immature, mature audiences only. Parental discretion is advised. Welcome to John and Warren Go on a Tangent, the show where we pick a subject, discuss it, and then diverge from it significantly with varying results, except in the case of the last few episodes. At any rate, my name is Warren. And my name's John, and we left off at Separation of Church and State. Indeed. After a lengthy conversation about being triggered and the Dave Chappelle incident and many other things that tie into what we've been discussing, which is convincing Warren that a new religion is going to be useful for the evolution of human beings. Yeah, still, still not feeling it. (laughs) <laughs> Still not feeling. Oh, I thought I we just, were getting close. I just don't see why it has to be a religion. Religion is like it's. Uh, I don't know, man. Let's we'll see. Let's uh, just see what happens okay. here. Okay, I'm 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 willing to understand that point, and I, I'm sort of with you on that because I feel like if we looked up the definition of religion, it wouldn't be what we're actually talking about. And it also goes with what we talked about, I think, in the first episode of the the word God and using the word God and what that usually means for most people and what that means for you specifically. Do you have another word that could be used to define a group of people that have the same spiritual goals <clears throat> cult <laughs> um <laughs> that i think that has more of a negative connotation well and you know i think that as time has gone on the word religion has also kind of gotten that and i do think that's something we should discuss as well is like why why does religion why why does that word leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths? Um, and if you don't mind, I actually want to read. I looked looked up real quick what religion means. According to the American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language, 5th edition, um, a religion can be the belief in and reverence for a supernatural power or powers regarded as creating and governing the universe, or... A particular variety of such belief, especially when organized into a so uh, into a system of doctrine and practice, or a set of beliefs, values, and practices based on the teachings of a spiritual leader. So that does that leaves us kind of a lot of room for the type of religion that you are talking about starting. 
Actually, when you read those, I don't, I don't think it's any of those things because there wouldn't be a, a spiritual leader. There wouldn't be doctrine. And then what was the first one? Uh, belief in and reverence for supernatural power or powers regarded as creating and governing the universe. I, I don't think it falls under that either. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not limited to that, and it could include parts of that, but that's not what it is. So then it wouldn't be a religion. It would be, what, a philosophy? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it can be considered a philosophy either if there's an acknowledgement of a higher power. Well, I mean, the Stoics acknowledged a higher power. Uh, Marcus Aurelius frequently talked about the gods. So there is definitely room for that in philosophy. Mm. Maybe not in some of the modern ones, um, but it was definitely there. Yeah, Nietzsche killed God, remember? Nietzsche also hated Stoicism. <laughs> so maybe there is a better word for it. But again, it, it's it's a lack of my, it's my own ignorance that can't come up with anything besides religion. Can I just point out to people who are listening that the term ignorance is not an insult. It is <laughs> something that all of us are to some degree or another. And yeah. it's okay. You can learn or try yeah. to or don't. It's okay. Yeah. Ignorance can be bliss. And if it's not something important to you, it's okay to be ignorant of it. Honestly, yeah, I'm totally ignorant to physics and I'm okay with it. I just know physics is constantly fucking with you. <laughs> Stupid um, gravity and stuff. Yeah. Ugh. Um, anyway. Um, all right. So separation of church and state. Well, actually I think we need to come back to this. So we're going to use the word religion and we're going to use the word God or higher power. Um, and it's a very loose term that may not mean the same thing to you that it does to me mm -hmm. or the listener, but for lack of better words, that's what we're going to continue to use. And I All think right. that's fair. Okay. And so with the separation of church and state, I think a big piece, we got to look at the historical perspective on that. So the, I mean, the Protestant movement happened in, in what the 1600s? I should know this. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it had it had to be late fifteen late, or sixteen. Yeah, late fifteen, early sixteen. And so that happened. That's also when the the colonists in America really started to grow. Um, and then obviously into the seventeen hundreds, that's when the Declaration of Independence in America became a thing. So and again, the Masons were the ones that were willing to acknowledge a higher power, but they didn't need to be Christian or Jewish or anything like that. But those mm -hmm. very many of our founding fathers were Masons. Um, and so they probably had a sour taste in their mouth with religion, especially when they're trying to create freedom, something mm -hmm. they they never really experienced in their life fully. Um, so they wanted freedom from the church as well. And I think with where Christianity and Catholicism was, the, the dominant religions in the colonies at the time, I, I would agree. Like, I mean, what, what had the Catholic church done over the last 16, 1700 years? 
not a whole lot of good things besides killing people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and exerting their influence and power over many different states and actors. Um, so I could see why a separation of church and state was necessary and desired by our founding fathers. However, when we're talking about our evolutionary religion that, that we're discussing this evening, um, I, I'm, I'm on the fence, but I, I do believe like those tenets that we haven't fully laid out yet, but what we're conceptualizing would not be a bad way to also run a country or a state. Mm. Cause if we're, if we're making decisions based off the greater good and we're making value based decisions, um, I think that's a way to go. Yeah. I think that would be benefit as long as we're looking at the benefit for the greater good and the, the larger number of people. Um, I'm not, not to say that it would be communist, but it, uh, it definitely wouldn't be capitalist. That makes sense. The thing is, um, when someone who is Muslim or Christian and they're in power, when they're, religion is guiding them. They're having those same thoughts. If they're sincere, you know, they're thinking like, hey, this is my belief. This is what I believe is for the greater good. This is what I think will benefit all of mankind. And coming from the Christian, Muslim might not agree. Coming from the Muslim, the Christian might not agree. So coming from the new religion, People might not agree, even though you might see it as being for the benefit of all and for the betterment of all. Others might not see it that way. And that's that's why I, I would have to point to the Constitution on that one with the First Amendment. If it is, you know, an official religion, you know, Congress can't make any laws respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise of a religion. And I think that's there specifically because um, Thomas Jefferson said something like um, religion is something that lies solely between you know God and man and he doesn't owe anybody else any kind of accounting for the you know their faith or worship or whatever and he thought it was very important that government steer clear of that and I would agree to some extent because as i alluded to the good of all the betterment of all super subjective Mm, i don't know about that um a couple points one is part of the religion that we're discussing is non-hierarchical so there isn't one person in control or in power so it's Mm -hmm. not one person deciding what is for the greater good it would be a democratic, it would be a true democratic and not representative government. So not a republic. Right. Democratic republic, which is what the United States is, folks. Yeah. Yep. Look it up. <laughs> no democracy in the history of the planet has ever survived or done terribly well. 
in the long run. Neither has any other form of government. That's true. Much like the religion um, that we're talking about, I don't think there's a form of government that's like an end-all, be-all. I think everything needs to be malleable. Fluid. Fluid, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I... I hear what you're saying with that, and that's the other point to a lot of the thoughts that I have around changing the way the world is, is no matter how perfect of a system somebody or a group of people can devise, there will always, always, always be dissenters. There will Mm -hmm. always be somebody who does not want to go with the status quo. And they may have rational reasons. They may have emotional reasons. It doesn't matter. There will always be a group of people that are not going to go along with it. There are going to be dissenters. And that's fine. That's totally fine. And I think, I think the hard part comes in when we start talking about private property. And, and what we talked about earlier with infringing on other people's rights. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets difficult because a state is usually, it's not defined by its government. Governments can change, people come and go. It's defined by its borders. So if the new religion were to grow and expand in population, at some point it would have to define its borders. And like like the Branch Davidians, they had their borders. Their borders were breached. They defended their borders. And I, I think it would be the same thing, although I would hope that our new religion is nonviolent. Didn't we talk about that a few episodes ago, like the nonviolence thing and how ineffective it actually is? Uh, it depends. It depends on what... what you consider ineffective like uh again we've we've talked about the thanos theory of being able to snap your fingers and everybody dying and we've also considered that what we're trying to devise here could be classified as a cult and honestly one of the things that would be a major topic that we talk about is death and so I would be willing to die for my beliefs and and my principles. Mm-hmm. And I would hope the people that are in my tribe, my religion, my cult, are willing to do the same. And so if a situation turns violent, I I would like to think that I have the capacity to to follow the sage Jesus and turn the other cheek. And if that means that he's going to put a bullet through it, then so be it because I am okay with death. I am again, willing to die for what I believe in. And again, we've talked about how this religion is, it's not just one thing. So maybe there are people who are, are willing to be violent and, and save the people that are, unwilling to be violent there would be i mean <laughs> there there would be it's without question because there are uh, what was that whole thing better to what is it better to be violent than have violence in your heart and 
hide it away or something and be impotent or something like that. I think it was Gandhi who said it. I don't remember. But no, there there would be. It would be wonderful if we had people who genuinely could just accept whatever happens, you know, um, and not use physical or verbal violence against people. I just, I mean, Gandhi had people, you know, maybe Gandhi was not personally violent, but he had people that were violent. Um, Martin Luther King Jr., he wanted nonviolence, but there were people who followed him that would be violent. And I don't think that's a good or bad thing, right? It's the whole, you know, thinking makes it so. Mm-hmm. Um, they were doing what they believed was right and what they thought was necessary to make the changes that they wanted to see. So, yeah, I I do think that there would be people within the religion that would defend those who were willing to turn the other cheek. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Peter I... cut a guy's fucking ear off for Jesus. <laughs> Jesus scolded him for it, but he did. You know, like yeah, yeah. I, I I'm not I'm not opposed to it. That's for sure. I I don't think I would be one of those people. Um, but I also would hope and would like to have the discussion around it it being honorable and not. I mean, I I think there's a difference between malice and violence. And as long as you don't cross that threshold, um, again, not that it matters, but it would be okay. So almost like a um, like a self defense kind of thing. Um, well, I mean, because I think about modern weapons, and yes, yeah, some people have knives, but a lot of people have guns. And yeah. again, Branch Davidians, they came at them with guns and yeah. grenades and tanks <laughs> and and fire. Which, yeah, which is ultimately what what's did him, did him yeah. And so like you got to fight fire with fire, right? If, if you're going to be defensive, if you're going to, if you're going to resort to violence, you've got to, you've got to meet fire with fire. You've got to meet guns with guns. It's interesting that people use that phrase because rarely do firemen fight fire with fire. They use water. <laughs> um, but as former wildland firefighter, when you are dealing with fire out there, you do sometimes use fire to fight a fire. Sometimes you pre-burn areas so that it won't get bad. You know, you do controlled burns. So there's a fucking metaphor there somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's right there. You guys see it. Yeah. Yep. No, for sure. I I see exactly what you're saying where... It would be more proactive than responsive. Yeah. Which I think that's that's also where you kind of get into a little bit of muddy water with what we're discussing. Because you would have people wanting to go off on their own to do these things. And they're really, if there's no hierarchy, if there's no council, if there's no nothing, there's nothing to stop them from doing that. Yeah. And if movies have taught me anything, people going off and doing their own thing rarely moves the co- the cause in a forward progression. Yeah, and it would it would ultimately reflect poorly upon the religion. We're going to call it the religion. I hope you don't mind. Yeah, that's it's, fine. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. Well, now that you're willing to name it, I, I think I'm getting you closer. The new to the religion. Idea. It's going to be the called new, the new religion. The new religion. Sure. 
Um, I did come up with a name for it. Uh, oh, but what was it? Shoot. <laughs> That's a weird name. Uh, oh, it, this isn't it, but it was something along these lines. It was like the third Jesus church. That does not have a good ring to it. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't. That's fine. That's, that's not gonna... fine. That that's not what it was, but it's something along those lines. But I think I thought of using Jesus's name in under the guise to be able to convert Christians. I don't think you should do that. Um... <laughs> well, I'm not going to, because I don't have that power. I don't think the new religion should do that necessarily. Um, I think that. Jesus can absolutely come into conversation, but because he wouldn't necessarily be the central figurehead, he, I, I, you know, I, I think Jesus would definitely play a part and should play a part in almost any religion, um, based on love. But I, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> you get, sorry, folks, you're getting a lot of that right now. That's kind of where, how my brain works though. You know, like, I get started on something and then it's something I'll think about later. It's okay. Uh, I think the main, the main point is, is that don't use Jesus in the name of the new religion, but let's talk about him. Yeah. I think it's okay to talk about him. I mean, you know, the, the Islam talks about Jesus. Jesus is a cool dude. According to Islam, they just don't think he was the son of God. Yeah. He's just another prophet. Yeah. Well, I never read this anywhere, but I do have a theory that Jesus traveled east in all those missing years and and got a glimpse of, of what some of the other peeps in the world were doing, and that's, that's what he brought back with him. Because they even say that, uh, have you ever heard of Zoroastrianism? No. It's, it's a religion that predates Judaism. Um, and that some of its tenets are are the basis for the Abrahamic religions, but that was that was over in Persia. So, but that's just a theory I have. So my thought on this, um, and I may have mentioned it to you before, is that um, the Bible that we all study and love is localized, and I think if if we did enough looking, if we did enough. Uh, digging literally and figuratively um, we would see that there are other for lack of a better phrase holy works throughout the world and that they would all share i think a lot of similarities um yeah yeah i mean i think even the stuff that's already been discovered that shows a lot of a lot of similarities i think we've talked about it before the how osiris's story is the same as jesus's story yeah, and how and how both of those are just versions of the winter solstice and how the sun moves in the sky. Yeah, there's a lot of old religions that have that born, man, died, rose again, wash, rinse, repeat sort of formula, I guess. Yeah, here's a here's a kicker. What if all of them are true? Oh, that uh, that just. I had just like had a sprint in my brain, but it brought me back to this thought that I had today about how, have you ever, have you seen the show Yellowstone? No. All right. Well, it's about this cow 
Kevin Costner is a cowboy in Montana. He's bought up a bunch of land and has like a million acres or something like that in Montana. Well, he's got a couple of foes because of this. And one of them is like the, the chief of the local tribe. Mm-hmm. And there's a big back and forth between like you, you stole this land from us and I'm just going to steal it back is what the, the Native American is saying. And I was thinking like, at what point did it become theirs? Because from what I understand, people cross the ice bridge from Asia into Alaska and the, and then inhabited North America. So even the indigenous, quote unquote, indigenous people of the Americas are not the legitimate indigenous people of the Americas. So because they held it for a certain amount of time up until the white man stole it, they're more entitled to it. I didn't, I, I mean, is, does that check out? Um, I'm not really sure. I know because I mean, there are, there are a number of different, um, I think theories would be the word, uh, about how everybody got where they got. And I know that, a land bridge is one of them. Um, I mean, there's also the old Pangea thought, you know, how all the continents used to be all together and then something happened. So like if something cataclysmic happened, I don't know, a flood or something, maybe, maybe there were survivors in different areas. This actually, again, goes to my whole theory about the Bible being localized, you know, because Noah was one dude. I don't believe he fit every single animal on earth onto that boat unless he just had DNA samples and was scientifically well advanced of, you know, what we're aware of, that could actually be the case. Cause I'm not even going to get started on that whole, you know, like prior civilizations thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, what if there were more than one boat? What if there boats? was a boat for people over in this neck of the woods and over in that neck of the woods and the flood happened and then they let their animals off. Because unless we wanted, you know, a bunch of people with, like, flipper arms, <laughs> we would need a hell of a lot more than Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah and his gal <laughs> to repopulate the earth with humans. So, uh, of course, you know, somebody who's uh, extremely uh, Christian... Uh, could say like, well, that that in in and of itself is a miracle. I, I don't know. I don't buy that particular one. Well, I mean, then you have to go back a little bit. Well, to the beginning, and there was just Adam and Eve. No, exactly. What I'm saying that's what I'm saying. It's localized. <laughs> well, like, then there were. I mean, then there would have had to been Adam and Eves all over the place. Yeah, exactly, dude. The in Bible mul- touches mul- on it. On in multiple gardens of Eden. Sure. And then they would have all had to eat from the fruit. Yeah, seeing some holes. No, like no, even <laughs> even even the Bible. And I am anybody that is any kind of a religious scholar. You can take me to task on this. I could be I could be remembering it wrong, but if I recall correctly, the Bible mentions that after Cain killed Abel and he was, you know, marked by God. He then went off, okay? He went off alone into the world, right? He was um, cast away. Um, what's that word? Exiled? Exiled, thank you. 
And then later in the Bible, you say like, oh, these are the descendants of Cain. Well, where the fuck did he reproduce from? Was he, was he like out fucking goats or <laughs> chickens? Or are, there, or are the descendants of Cain a bunch of like goat chicken human hybrids? No, there were other there were absolutely other people. It just doesn't work. And I think to deny that I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think that to deny that would be to deny the creation and the power of God himself. Um, it also kind of gives, um, I think, a little bit of credence to the idea of the Bible being, you know, m metaphorical. And, you know, when they say God created the earth in six days, it wasn't literally six days since God has uh, transcended time. Time has no meaning to him. Well, and a, a day isn't a day until there's the sun and the earth, right? Because, and it, I mean, how long is a day without the Earth? Because a Martian day isn't the same length as an Earth day. Yeah, a, a day is one rot one rotation of the planet. That's that is the agreed upon definition of a day. And I think most uh, Christians and religious folk would agree with that. Or they might be working a really long week. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, I think this is one of the things, I don't know how to word it, but um, I don't know if there's a ton of value in critiquing religious texts in the new religion. We should be looking for opportunities to find inspiration and growth. I will 100% agree with you on that, and I actually think every religion should be doing that with what's there right now, because... There is so much, so much good stuff that you can glean from the various religious texts. Um, and I think when people focus on some of the shitty things, that's when we start to have problems. Yeah, well, I mean, when you, you get into that mode of nitpicking words and phrases, mm -hmm. um, that's where the conflict is created. Because it is it is all just interpretation using a limited scope of sounds that come out of our mouth. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, that's... I, when we go back to the, the evolution of man, like, it would be nice if we could telepathically communicate because I think it would, it would be so much different. Being able to, like, project feelings and emotions... Yeah, I I think that would be fairly helpful. Yeah, cuz it would it would be more accurate than the the words we try to create. Yeah. Here's a question actually. If the world were like that, if the, if we communicated via projection of our emotions, feelings, whatever, would a transcendent society would you still control who got to see those or would it just something be something that came naturally? Like if you met someone and you just thought they were the most beautiful person you'd ever met um, and you just absolutely adore them, you know, like right now because of how we communicate, you just don't say anything, you know, or maybe you do. But like if a truly transcendental creature was having these feelings, would they just be projected 
And would then the recipient just know, like, oh, this person finds me beautiful. This person adores me. This person loves me. You know, like, how would, how do you think that would work for a truly transcendental being? Um, I, well, I think that it would be automatically projected, but only when the individual has the thought, because I think to be a truly transcendental being, you have complete and utter control over your, over your thought process in your mind. Okay. That clicks for me. That, that makes sense. Yeah, because if we evolved to that before we emotionally and mentally matured, um, imagine the vitriolic state everything would be in all the time. Yeah, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be good times. <laughs> no, no, it would be worse than it is now. Yeah, but well, then yeah, I think it could be interesting though. Like you would know, like if somebody was genuine or if they were just lusting or if they had some kind of like, you know, cause if they had that thought, like you said, that's when it would be projected. So you would know, you know, so that would help someone maintain control, like be at peace or they would be very clearly recognized as not really the one you want to be around. Yeah. Well, and that, that feeling from the second individual receiving that would be transmitted back. Sure instantaneously right i would think so yeah but that's one of those things that i've been reading in that that book i was telling you about earlier is like having the ability to be with the moment be with the emotion be with whatever's going on and being fully embodied with it without interpretation because again back to the it's not good or bad thinking makes it so like if you can just be like, you have that feeling, whatever that feeling is, and you're just with it and you can just be with it. And you're not trying to say it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. Oh, I wouldn't think this, if this, and you, you know, you just start analyzing everything. You, you're just with it. Mm. It's so much easier to one, stay present. And then two, it's, it's, it's easier to modulate your, physiological response to that and your behavioral response. Hmm. And, and that's, I mean, that to me, that's like where humans need to get to get to that evolutionary stage. And uh, again, I think I said it earlier in the first part of this is we are, I, in my opinion, we're, we're within two centuries of annihilating ourselves unless unless we make significant changes yeah i would i could see that and i do have hope oddly enough because i i mean you know how i am i'm <laughs> I'm pretty like uh everything sucks but i do have hope that people will kind of wake up and just say like hey man we're all on this little blue ball we need to figure this out together or we're all screwed you know, it's funny because in all the movies, like the sci-fi movies and stuff, everybody bands together when they have this alien invasion or whatever. You know, uh, Independence Day, they had an, a common enemy. And you see people all over the world fighting together to defend Earth. And it's like, you guys, we already have a common enemy. You know? Ourselves? Sadly <laughs> enough, it is us. 
So how do we fix this? How do we fight this? War. (laughs) (laughs) Who's, who's most right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's unfortunately um, part of the problem is that again, it comes down to like people wanting to be right. You know, I like, I like the old phrase, you know, if you, if you want a really good relationship, um, remind your, you know, ask yourself the question, would I rather be right or would I rather be happy? Like, do you need to critique somebody for the way they're drying dishes or for the way they fold their napkin or some, you know, something ridiculous? Or do you just want to, you know, have harmony? And unfortunately, people still pick frequently wanting to be right. Yeah. Me too. I, I'm not going to, like, I do it too. And I'm. it's something I'm working on. I've been working on it for 30 years or so. And I will continue to. And and that's that's one of those things is having having the wherewithal and the awareness to know that okay this this is something that I do it's something that I don't necessarily like I recognize that other people might not like it that are around me and I'm gonna do my best to do things differently yeah and I. Th- I'm not, I haven't met a ton of people that have that mindset. I, most people that I meet want everything else around them to change. I, uh, frequently fall into that category. Um, until I, you know, I recognize like, Hey, the reason why you're having a lot of struggles right now is because you are wanting everything to change when it's you that needs to change and how your way of dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Because this is what is, and no amount of, you know, raging and screaming at the sky is going to change, you know, whatever the situation might be. Like getting, it's it's like um, getting pissed off. Like if I go camping or something, I, I hate rain. Like I don't like getting stuck in rain. I don't like being wet. Um, and yet I've done it and I've been okay with it. Uh, but there are still times, you know, when I go out to like take photos or just go for a hike and it starts raining and I just get pissed. Like, how silly is that to be pissed at the rain? <laughs> like, you know, like what a like that is beyond a waste of my energy and my peace of mind. And then when I catch myself doing that, I'm like, hey, bucko, you need to just, you know, it's fucking raining. Close your fucking eyes. Feel the drops on your skin. Feel it running down your face. And just enjoy it, man. Because you might not be here tomorrow for the next rain. Yeah. Which is also funny because, you know, I'm frequently like, man, I wish I was dead. (laughs) But it's funny, though, because then I have to, you know, there are those times when I remind myself, like, hey, you know, it's like, what is it, Bushido or some shit? Life in every breath, man. Enjoy every moment. I don't remember which Stoic philosopher it was, but um, one of them talked about, you know, when you go to bed at night, say to yourself, I'm, I'm going to die. Like tonight I am dead. And tomorrow I'm reborn. And maybe, maybe you don't get tomorrow, but like this day is gone. It's dead. Whatever happened, happened. Fucking let it go. Um, just appreciate what you have, you know, live in the moment. You can be aware Jesus, it's like Yoda said, man. You got to be aware of the force 
but you can't do it at the expense of the here and now. Yeah. It's like the Tao. Sure. I like Yoda. <laughs> I like Yoda. Um, that, that also speaks to pr- the big thing I'm working on right now is preference and limiting my preference because yeah, I would prefer not to get rained on, but if I eliminate that preference, then it doesn't matter if I do. And that's a lot easier said than done, but it is coming along and one of the the big things that I'm I'm noticing is and I've heard a lot of therapists say this is a bad thing, but I we've already talked about it a little bit. I have the ability to have a mind body disconnect. Mm-hmm. And so my body might be craving something, but that doesn't mean that's what my body needs and that's not what I want. But it just it it's to me, it's the, the chemical component, like caffeine, sugar, you know, the, the things that the brain wants and the body wants doesn't necessarily mean that that's what I should feed it. And so really paying attention to what my body prefers and what my mind prefers and trying to eliminate that preference. Um, cause like you said, it's, it's just rain. It doesn't need to be good it doesn't need to be bad i tried it instead of trying you said enjoy it i don't necessarily try to enjoy it i'm trying to stay neutral about just it. being it yeah 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 i i just want to be neutral i want to be i just want to be that's it i just want to be and i'm gonna because whatever is happening right now isn't going to be happening in five minutes yeah or an hour or in three days it's all temporary and most of it doesn't matter I know that's a little bit nihilist, but in in my experience, that's the truth. Yeah. Have you ever read uh, Eaters of the Dead by Michael Crichton? Mm-mm. Um, they made a movie, The 13th Warrior, with Antonio Banderas. I like mm. the movie. Not a lot of people do, and that's fine. Um, my, uh, it, this, What you just said kind of makes me think of the, the book, which the main character he's a he's an arab and he falls in with a group of vikings but there's just there there are a couple of really great scenes in the book one of which i was reminded of by what you were talking about you know he's sailing on this viking ship with these guys and it's just pouring rain and you know they ask him like hey what's what's going on you look you look upset and he's like you know the rain is is cold and miserable and the Vikings just kind of laugh at him and say, like, the rain is just rain. You're the one who's cold and miserable. And I don't know, you just reminded me of that because it really is about our perception of what's going on around us, whether to, you know, enjoy it, hate it, or just be. Yeah. Well, and that's that's where, like, I am I'm not naturally joyous. I'm not naturally happy. And so when I see people that are bright and bubbly and, say like oh all you got to do is think happy thoughts and think good and it's just like well to a certain extent i could see how that could work and on the the other note like living that way there's there's a certain sense of avoidance of the negative yeah uh good vibes only fuck that yeah that's lying yeah and i i mean i get i get 
the thought behind it and there's a little bit of science behind it as well but it's in in my opinion and in my experience that's not something that is sustainable um they're they're just there gets to be a point where it's just like you you can't pretend anymore Mm -hmm. so that's i i don't i can't support that that lifestyle for myself it doesn't mean you can't do it doesn't mean somebody else can't do it but that's just not something that that i'm capable of doing and and feel like i'm being honest with myself yeah which to me that's and that's in the new religion and in the circle of friends that i try to create like authenticity is number one for me it's i i want to be authentic and i want to be around people who are authentic and an authentic person unless they are that wise person unless they are the sage they're going to have bad days they're going to have shitty moments they're going they're going to go through some shit and to pretend like you don't is not authentic and that's not somebody i want to be around yeah i think we've all we've all been around people who have they're not genuine you know they're trying to uh shit i mean i think that might be part of the reason why you left social media actually Uh, am i wrong there like because all it is is like snapshots of like everything's fucking hunky-dory and perfect and it's massive bullshit yeah absolutely it's 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 a persona of a persona. It's like layers of masking. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not real. And again, there's science behind how that, that drives depression in so many people. Yeah. Super unhealthy. Because they think that their life should be a certain way or should match somebody else or that they want it to be different and they feel trapped or so many different reasons why it's just unhealthy without realizing that the people who they're looking at their lives aren't like that yeah right they they took some good photos on a trip they took for the weekend or that and they haven't been on a trip in six months well and it's like i mean even people who see these famous actors on the red carpet and all this awesome stuff and people are like oh man that's amazing i want to do that like do you really because you know how many times doors got slammed in their faces how many times people said no to them that hits you hard there's a reason i stopped acting and like pursuing it because i was like that shit's too hard for me i give mad props to anybody that struggled you know for years you know you see guys like uh like harrison ford his first gig he was just like some page boy in a hotel scene a couple seconds of screen time and he had to work his ass off for it it's not glamorous well, and uh, Jim Carrey even says, like, I, I wish everybody could be rich and famous so that it means nothing, so they can see that it means nothing. Yeah. I, I was actually, I was just talking to Amber about this. Um, I think it might have been last weekend or maybe the weekend before, but um, I like Nirvana a lot. It was one of my favorite bands growing up. I know they're not everyone's cup of tea, but Kurt Cobain, he was living the dream, dude. And yet he wasn't, you know? Yeah. Have you read his suicide note? I have not. Yeah. It it's interesting. That's for sure. But I mean I mean and he's not the only one. No, uh, not at all. I mean back back to back we had Chris Cornell and Chester Benningfield or Bennington or whatever his name is. Yeah. Like Chris Cornell I could maybe understand because he's a little bit off the radar, but Lincoln Park was still going pretty freaking strong when that dude killed himself. Yeah. 
I don't know. Like Chris Cornell was another one though. Like, you know, he was one of those guys that pioneered the the grunge rock scene back in the eighties and nineties and things. And the songs that he wrote, the lyrics that he wrote, the tunes that they had, at least for me, like those weren't all happy songs, man. They were far from it. There's a lot of pain in, in the music back then and and I think you still see it in songs now. They just add a bubblegum pop veneer. People like Katy Perry and Demi Lovato. I don't actually know who that is. Um, uh, I was <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Taylor Swift. Mm. Like some of the music that she sings and the lyrics that she writes, there's a hell of a lot more to her than like some bubblegum princess that people are trying to make her out to be. Um, and again, same with like Katy Perry and you know a lot of these people who give off a real bubbly vibe. You don't. I'm going to say it's not a stereotype. You don't make that kind of art without some shit happening. Yeah. Yeah. It comes from somewhere. You might be able to put a smile on it, but I can tell you, I can, I can be smiling and crying at the same time. I have done that, you know, like I've had, uh, you know, when I have like good memories of my dad, I'll get a smile on my face and then, you know, tears start to come a little bit and then I shut them off. (laughs) Then I flipped the switch. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I only do that when it comes to to movies, though. Like when there's like a cu- super cute scene, usually between like a parent and a child or something like that, it, it'll get me. But you know me, I, I'm not that emotional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, well, I think that's you know th- that saying. It takes all kinds. It, that can be helpful because you have the ability frequently to be a little more objective a little less controlled by our emotions so you know having a friend like you in my life helps me immensely because you can sometimes help me kind of rein things in and get me to look at things in a different way and yeah i'm always going to be grateful to to have you in my life because of stuff like that and just because you know you're a fun guy Yeah, thanks, buddy. You're uh, a fucking mushroom. You're a fun guy. I know. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it. It sounds conceited, but I I love myself. I love the way that I am. I I think that it's really helped me get to where I am in this life. And I've made some poor choices, of course, we all have. But I think I've also learned from each and every one of them. And the, the things, and I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a terrible memory. I don't remember shit. I barely remember Junie being born. Um, I only remember parts of Joe being born. I remember very little of my, my childhood, but the things that I do remember are things that I know have helped me grow or things that I still have a lesson to learn from. And I like that. I like that about myself because I I can move forward through life without living in the past too much. And that's that's usually where my thought process is, is either here in the now and being very present or if the present is kind of boring and there's not a whole lot going on and it's not demanding my attention, I, I think forward. I don't think back. And that's, I think that's a, a good thing. It used to be troubling much more troubling for me because when you you future think and you obsessively future think you you usually build up a ton of anxieties and that's that's who I used to be and then I learned from it. Yeah. 
I would definitely say I envy that. And I, I do imagine that's something that I could train myself to do. And it is something that I have worked on is trying to be more focused on the here and now. But that's, it's something I've always struggled with. I mean, since I was a small child, I, I would remember slights from weeks, months, years ago. People who know me very well uh, know that I can still get actually heated. Like, you can watch me, like, just my anger will just switch on because I'll start thinking of something that happened to me when I was, like, six. And that is why, for the most part, I try not to think about things like that. And that's why I really try to focus on the here and now. There's enough things in the here and now for me to get stressed over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then for me to, like, you know, get stressed over the dead past. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's one of the things that actually boggles me about you is that you have this capacity that once you set your mind to something, it's done. It's already done. It doesn't matter how much time it takes to get done. It's already done. You've already completed it. Like your, your Spartan race and your Spartan races and your half marathon this year. Like as soon as you decided to do it, it was done. But I don't quite understand how or where the lack of commitment to releasing your trauma comes from or why it isn't there you know because yeah. i know i know you want to i know that you don't have any desire to keep that anywhere inside of you but for some reason you still do yeah yeah i couldn't tell you it's something I've thought about, like, why can't I just let certain things go? Yeah. But it's, it's, it is interesting because like, they're not like active, if that makes sense. Like they're, I'm, I'm not like thinking about these things all the time. It's just that when I get that like reminder, you know, mm -hmm. it, when you it's, get triggered, it's just boom, it goes. Yeah. It's like, Oh, good Lord. Not again. Yeah. I do believe though, once you unlock that door and figure, figure that out, it's done and and you're you're gonna have this weight off of you and like you were talking about with coming out of a good yoga session like that that'll be your new being and that'll i'm i'm excited for that and i do believe that that will happen for you yeah i i i know that i have hard times seeing those things sometimes but there are times when i do and I don't know. I weird myself out because I'm sure a lot of people are like this. I'm I'm not unique in this, but I, I have these struggles and I have this apathy and I have this desire for like self-annihilation. And then I have the polar opposites of that. I have so much hope for the future and where I, you know, one minute am filled with hatred of humanity as a whole, I'll see something that like, sparks a genuine love of mankind and i don't know I, I don't know if that's just like what i'm stuck with or if you know that pendulum needs to swing in order for me to be the kind of person that i want to be i don't know well we've talked about it before it's it's partially due to you got to do that silencio bruno thing yeah you've got to be able to to recognize that Yes, right now that guy that cut me off is an asshole, and that that doesn't mean that everything is shit. Yeah, 
you know, and it's, it's hard to, to maintain that awareness all of the time. And I do believe that for you, that, that anger, there's part of you that, that likes it. And there's probably some chemicals in your brain that, that trigger in the synapses that, that fire when that happens, that's like, yeah, I liked that. I would a hundred percent agree with that. It's so strange though, because it was a habit that I think that I broke for years. And then, yeah, in the last four or five years, it's really come back and I'm like, wow, okay. I thought this was taken care of, but maybe it's not something that's ever fully taken care of. It's something, you know, I'd need to constantly be aware of. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that it is and it, it, it will never go away. You're just going to manage it differently and it might get easier to manage over time, but it's still going to have to be managed. Yeah. And that's, that's just one of those things. Cause it's, it's your history. It's your trauma. It's all, of, it's all of that. You know, I know you say that the, the past is dead, but it still resides somewhere to a certain extent for everybody. Yeah. And, and, I was actually just talking to um, someone about this today. That is also part of me and part of what makes me good at doing some of the things I do. Um, you know, it helps me empathize with people. Even my anger can help me recognize something in somebody else who might be angry. And I can say like, okay, you know, this situation just happened. My guess is that he's scared or he's, his feelings were hurt and it's coming out as anger. And then I'm able to like kind of figure out like, Hey, what's going on? You know? And they might say I'm pissed off and I can say like, what got you pissed off? Let's figure this out so we can get rid of it. It's just funny. Cause it's so much harder for me to do that with myself. Well, cause you don't have that, that person there to talk, talk you down sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's funny cause you mentioned the Silencio Bruno thing mm -hmm. and I, I actually, and this is something I, I really do want to work on this because it's not cool. Um, I actually find myself, you know, like I might say like Silencio Bruno out loud when I'm by myself, but I also have found myself just within the past month, maybe, you know, telling that voice like, Hey, let's, let's look at this objectively. Let's, you know, let's think about, you know, being empathetic. I've also found myself saying, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed right now and I'm going to be pissed shut up mind your fucking business yeah this is happening and I, I don't that i don't understand because like when i get angry it really it, it literally does hurt me you know if i if i fall, fall fly into a rage i will scream myself hoarse and my head hurts and my muscles ache like it's fucking ridiculous so it literally hurts me when I get angry, like super angry. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've been really trying to control. And, you know, I've gotten so much better about not projecting it onto other people, but I'm still doing it to myself. And dude, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not yeah. fair to me that I'm like, cause I am not like this piece of shit person that I very frequently say that I am. I am not garbage. <laughs> you not know? by any means. Uh, but that is, that is a dialogue that's constantly, that's a little war that's constantly going on in my head. It's like, you are fucking garbage. No, I'm not. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I am trying to help people. I'm trying to do something good with my life. Well, you're never going to because you're a piece of shit. 
stop, you know, like that is literally damn near verbatim dialogue that will go through my head. And like, it also, it almost makes me wish that I had like a multiple personality disorder and that the personalities were actually like going to town. Like it'd still be stressful, but I'd be like, man, we need to calm Jack the fuck down. (laughs) (laughs) It could be a group effort. Um. Yeah, Alan, help me out here. <laughs> and, and incidentally, uh, those are the names that I give those separate parts of me. That's Jack not a, and Alan. Jack and Alan, yeah. Um, Alex, sorry, not Alan. Oh, fuck Alan. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> fuck, there, fuck that guy. No. <laughs> he doesn't get to come out much. <laughs> yeah, he's a weirdo. <laughs> Nobody uh, likes him. <laughs> he's on the sex offenders list. <laughs> God, no, he's not. <laughs> There's no part of my personality or me that is on any sex offender list. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that tangent got me. I had a question for you. Shoot. Um, oh, d- when you're having that dialogue with yourself, do you feel in control of either side? Not really. No, they're just kind of going at each other, and I occasionally am a third party that is like, guys, what the fuck's going on? And that makes me sound just all kinds of unstable. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I have genuinely, I have genuinely tried to like separate myself from these aspects of myself because I don't like I I like the Alex part of myself. Jack is brooding and depressed and angry at everything and vindictive. And it's like, I don't want to be that. So I really do try to, I try to cultivate, you know, love and thoughts of kindness. And I try to see my, you know, see other people as human beings, you know, whereas that like Jack part of me is very, he's, he's in the box with literally the whole fucking world, dude. He's in the box with the world, like you, like you want him to fucking die. Is that what you mean? No, like you know what I mean. Like with the, do you remember? Um, oh, lead, leadership, leadership and self-deception. That being box. In the box. Okay. He's in that box with like everything, and it's I don't like it. Would you be willing to ritually try to expel Jack? Um, if you said it in a way that didn't sound that weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I might, but that sounded really weird. Like, are we going to lay out candles and I have to lie down and, like, rub sheep's blood on my dick? Because I'll do uh, that. Uh, I'll, have, <laughs> I'll, ha- <laughs> I'll have to do some research, but I'm pretty sure we can do it. We, it would be probably be cool to do in, like, uh, Sedona or some other vortex and let the vortex swallow up Jack. That sounds like a bunch of dirty hippie talk. <laughs> Hey, my, hey! But you'll give anything a shot, right? I try I will it once. Pretty much give anything. I mean, dude, I tried edibles this year just to try to like help me be less anxious and sleep, and that <laughs> didn't work. But I was that's how like you know how I feel about that. Like I hate yeah. pot. I don't like how it feels to be high. I was that desperate. So yeah, I'd be willing to try something weird. <laughs> but you're gonna have to accept that it's. I'm gonna call it weird because I don't know. I hear the term ritual, and I'm just like, oh fuck. Yeah, it's 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 all right. It's weird's just a word. Just a word to me. You can That's call good. it whatever you want. But yeah, I I think that would be uh interesting to just to see what would happen. I wonder if there's any uh, vortexes near Lincoln. 
I don't know. I don't know anything about vortexes. So, <laughs> uh, it's there's there's one in uh, there's one in Tennessee. I know that one too. I don't want to go to Tennessee. Oh, me neither. I just, just I don't not no. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Sorry for anybody listening from Tennessee. I just I, no. Generally, want to pre- avoid anything that's referred to as the South. It's it's really pretty. Uh, I can say that much driving through. Oh yeah, I I've driven through there when I was a truck driver and stuff, and during trips. Yeah. I mean, I've been just don't stop. Much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been to pretty much every state. Uh, I think the only one I haven't been to is Hawaii, and I know I've been in Alaska, but I haven't been to Alaska. Like, I I would like to explore Alaska. Um, yeah. I don't know where the hell we went with that, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but we should wrap it up, wrap this one up. And I don't know if we want to continue this conversation again. Maybe we'll just change the name of the show to John and Warren start a religion and (laughs) we'll continue talking about (laughs) trying to change my mind on this. I, I am completely willing to do another episode on this subject um, okay well i think i at least move you from pre-contemplation to contemplation no <laughs> I, don't yeah, I, did. S- I don't want to start a religion i just it's it again it it really is it's the term religion dude i just it leaves a bad taste in my mouth and I, I would be cool with it calling calling it a philosophy or calling it a movement whatever but i just don't like the term religion well that's that's kind of the cool part is we get to redefine it redefine Religion. Oh, yeah. hence, hence the new religion. I yeah. gotcha. Okay. All right. Actually, um, on that note, folks, uh, I think we're going to close this one out. Uh, this might be a subject that we come back to, but uh, if you've stuck with us this long, definitely appreciate it. And uh, we would absolutely, again, as always, Love to hear your thoughts. JWGoatPodcast at gmail.com or anchor.fm slash JWGoatPodcast. Um, and you can also comment on the website where we do have um, a somewhat running blog where John and I kind of bounce things off each other between shows. So, yeah, I, I think I do think we have a lot more to discuss. I mean, we've. We haven't really touched on actually starting the religion, only, um, I don't know, you're still trying to convince me about it. Yep, that's, I, th- I think that's that's where we go next, and actually maybe we'll do that a little bit in the blog, is, is hammer out some details and, and hopefully get some feedback from listeners and visitors. Yeah. All right, um, one final note, everyone. Um, we do have the Instagram page, uh, JW Goat Podcast. And if you are listening and enjoy the show and you've taken some fun video of a pet, please send it to me. I would love that. And I would use it um, as a promo for an upcoming episode. It's just something fun for me because I like animals and I would appreciate that. So anything else from you, John? Nope. All right. Then uh, we will see you all next time. Hasta mañana. John and Warren go on a tangent. 
was ad-libbed and produced badly by us and we hope you enjoyed the show we'll see you next time